You say, I love God, but hate your brothers and sisters. You don't truly love God. And yet there is a devotional that I read this week that talked about how this person wasn't sure in this lifetime that they were actually going to be able to just love everyone. And you know, you think about all the divisions we have. We have got divisions upon divisions upon divisions in this world. And we struggle sometimes to love those who are on other sides of those lines, whether they're religious lines or national lines, political lines, education lines, financial lines. No matter what those lines are, we may find that it's a struggle to love across some of those. My friend David, that I went to seminary with, he did inner inner city ministry in Providence. And it was the only city ministry in that town. And so it was a very active ministry. People who were struggling in life for all different reasons. And he said to me one day, he said, I have no trouble loving. The struggle is to like sometimes. And so I think we need to separate that out a little bit. It might sometimes be hard to like somebody or to like their behavior. I mean, I remember telling my children, I love you, but I don't like your behavior right now at all. Separating those out. So, you know, but just that being able to separate that out and learn to love even when somebody is hard to like. So learning to love across all those differences, it is so, so important. In Ephesians, Paul's letter to that church in Ephesus, who's been going through some struggles. It's the reason why Paul is writing that letter. And he is telling them how to do this. You know, that's one of the things where we're a little slow on the pickup. If you just say love each other, you say, oh yeah, we do. And then we go off injuring each other in all sorts of ways. But Paul says that we need to speak the truth to our neighbors because we are members of one another. So that we need to be able to be honest with each other. And we need to not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, blaspheming the Holy Spirit is supposed to be the one unforgivable sin. So we need to not grieve the Holy Spirit because we were marked with the seal of redemption. And that seal of redemption, that sign and seal is the sign of our baptisms. And that we have been marked as one of Christ's own. So therefore, we're called to put away all bitterness and wrath, anger and wrangling and slander. We're to give up all malice and be kind to one another. To be kind to 
to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Now, it all seems pretty simple. When you spell it out like that, we think, no, how could we possibly mess that one up? But we get caught up into the anxiety of the world. We get caught up in the barrage of the world that's coming at us through our cell phones and our televisions and our iPads and our this and our that. There is no piece of information that is not just at our fingertips this day. So we tend to just be these receptors for all this information. And it gets to the point where we are so bogged down, we are so anxious, and we are so afraid that we have trouble loving ourselves, let alone anyone else. Put away all bitterness. That's letting things go so we can create relationships. All wrath and anger. And First John tells us, be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. My brother and I are 15, are 15 months apart. We still are. Um, and we would get into some little tip about something, but we would refuse to go to bed angry. I'm sure my mother had something to do with that, but I don't know how she orchestrated it. But before we went to sleep that night, we made sure we were friends again and that we told each other we loved each other. Being able to be angry about righteous things. There's a lot to be angry about. There's, there's a lot to be angry about. There's, a, you know, there's injustice in the world. There's poverty in the world. There's abuse in this world. And we're not meant just to walk around Pollyanna-ish, turning a blind eye to everything that is wrong. There is a righteous anger. We know Jesus displayed that. He flipped over the tables in the courtyard, saying, you will not turn my father's house into a den of thieves. But anger should not consume us. Anger should not be what we are angered in. Anger should be our response to injustice. And in that anger, we are called to speak our truth. And not to hate those who disagree with us. And that's what we've been seeing. That we have been polarizing ourselves by who believes in what, or who thinks what about what. And I've always said that there are more than way, one way to solve a lot of our social ills. And that we might disagree about how to get there. But I'll tell you, if we say we love God, and by saying I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm saying I love God. If we're saying that, my goodness, you know, that is a powerful thing. And if we are saying that we are followers of Jesus, that we love God, 
to love our brothers and sisters. And so we need to struggle with that. And we need to realize that we might not like every person we meet. Every person we meet might not like us, but we can love. We can continue to love across difference. Our scripture tells us, love children, live in love. And that to me is what this weekend has been about. It's been a celebration of love. Two weddings, a baptism, and a funeral. But it is about love. It's about knowing that God has held us in all of this, through all of this, lifting us up so that we might become a mirror of God's love for us. Jesus calls us to reflect, reflect God's glory. And that glory is one that seeks the higher path, that seeks a path of righteousness, a path, a path of love, and a path of inclusion. So beloved, live in that love that you have because God first loved you.